I'm Lisa Stone. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Parenting Aces. Welcome to the Parenting Aces podcast. I'm your host, Lisa Stone, and this week we are going to be talking all things UTR, that's Universal Tennis Ratings, with new CEO Mark Leshley. And I had the opportunity to meet Mark in person at the BMP Paribas Open last month in Indian Wells, and we chatted quite a bit about what his plans are for UTR now that it's got this new funding and and all of the marketing that's going on and the new partnerships being formed. Earlier this week, UTR announced partnerships with the two major coaching certification organizations, PTR and USPTA. Unfortunately, that announcement came after I recorded the podcast with Mark, but you can read more about those partnerships on ParentingAces.com, and I'll have a link to that article in the show notes. But just to give you a little bit of background on Mark, he comes from a very uh, storied tennis background. His whole family was uh, involved in the sport of tennis. Mark grew up playing at a very high level, wound up doing doing his college tennis at Harvard. So the guy is a little bit smart and went on to graduate school and settled in the Bay Area of California where he now lives with his family. He also has children who play competitive junior tennis at a high level. So not only is he a former player himself, a very successful business person, but he's also a tennis parent. So he comes at this week's discussion from all of those sides and offers a very unique perspective on what's going on in the world of tennis and specifically how that relates to universal tennis ratings and its expansion. So I hope you enjoy this week's episode. As always, we hope you'll share the episode with your tennis playing community via email or social media shares. And we'd love for you to engage with us on our Facebook group, our Facebook page, or via any other social media outlets. So relax, enjoy, and here is this week's guest, Mark Lashley. Mark Lashley, thanks so much for joining us on the Parenting Aces podcast today. Thank you, Lisa. Pleasure to be here. I look forward to chatting. So I'm, I'm going to do a little intro later, um, which my listeners will have already heard by the time they get to this part of the conversation. And in the intro, I will talk about your role in tennis growing up and as a Davis Cup player and as a college tennis player. But I want to make it very clear to my listeners that you have spent your life playing this sport and successfully transitioned from college tennis into the business world. And that is how you came to get involved with universal tennis ratings. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. Um, you know, just a little bit of background, you know, I've sort of spent the last 25 years after Stanford business school being involved in investing um, in technologies. And and so having based in Silicon Valley, uh, been around technologies, and then over the last several years, been an active investor in different sports uh, as well. So I'm a personal investor in a bunch of different uh, sports like soccer and baseball, 
esports and mixed martial arts. And, and, and most of those investments have been focused around, hey, how do we take technology uh, and fan engagement ideas and really support a sport? Uh, and so that's sort of the background from which I have also then been looking at tennis for a long time now, trying to think about, gosh, what can we do to support the game? What can we do to make the game any better? And frankly, up until recently, was pretty disappointed with what the opportunities were uh, to really find a way to, to add some value and to create some innovation in tennis. Well, I have to ask you, since since you mentioned it, you mentioned the eSports thing, it was recently announced that the French Open is having an eSports component this year. Pretty cool. Yeah, well, you know, eSports, I mean, it, it, few people are. I'm Lisa Stone. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Parenting Aces. Welcome to the Parenting Aces podcast. I'm your host, Lisa Stone, and this week we are going to be talking all things UTR, that's Universal Tennis Ratings, with new CEO Mark Leshley. And I had the opportunity to meet Mark in person at the BMP Paribas Open last month in Indian Wells, and we chatted quite a bit about what his plans are for UTR now that it's got this new funding and and all of the marketing that's going on and the new partnerships being formed. Earlier this week, UTR announced partnerships with the two major coaching certification organizations, PTR and USPTA. Unfortunately, that announcement came after I recorded the podcast with Mark, but you can read more about those partnerships on ParentingAces.com, and I'll have a link to that article in the show notes. But just to give you a little bit of background on Mark, he comes from a very uh, storied tennis background. His whole family was uh, involved in the sport of tennis. Mark grew up playing at a very high level, wound up doing his college tennis at Harvard. So the guy is a little bit smart and went on to graduate school and settled in the Bay Area of California where he now lives with his family. He also has children who play competitive junior tennis at a high level. So not only is he a former player himself, a very successful business person, but he's also a tennis parent. So he comes at this week's discussion from all of those sides and offers a very unique perspective on what's going on in the world of tennis and specifically how that relates to universal tennis ratings and its expansion. So I hope you enjoy this week's episode. As always, we hope you'll share the episode with your tennis playing community via email or social media shares. And we'd love for you to engage with us on our Facebook group, our Facebook page, or via any other social media outlets. So relax, enjoy, and here is this week's guest, Mark Lashley. Mark Lashley, thanks so much for joining us on the Parenting Aces podcast today. Thank you, Lisa. Pleasure to be here. I look forward to chatting. So 
I'm, I'm going to do a little intro later, um, which my listeners will have already heard by the time they get to this part of the conversation. And in the intro, I will talk about your role in tennis growing up and as a Davis Cup player and as a college tennis player. But I want to make it very clear to my listeners that you have spent your life playing this sport and successfully transitioned from college tennis into the business world. And that is how you came to get involved with universal tennis ratings. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. Um, you know, just a little bit of background, you know, I've sort of spent the last 25 years after Stanford business school being involved in investing um, in technologies. And and so having based in Silicon Valley, uh, been around technologies, and then over the last several years, been an active investor in different sports uh, as well. So I'm a personal investor in a bunch of different uh, sports like soccer and baseball, esports, and mixed martial arts. And, and, and most of those investments have been focused around, hey, how do we take technology uh, and fan engagement ideas and really support a sport. Uh, and so that's sort of the background from which I have also then been looking at tennis for a long time now, trying to think about, gosh, what can we do to support the game? What can we do to make the game any better? And frankly, up until recently, I was pretty disappointed with what the opportunities were uh, to really find a way to, to add some value and to create some innovation in tennis. Well, I have to ask you, since since you mentioned it, you mentioned the eSports thing, it was recently announced that the French Open is having an eSports component this year. Pretty cool. Yeah, well, you know, eSports, I mean, it, it, few people are even familiar with eSports. Um, you know, eSports is basically the competition of teams uh, that play video games against each other. And so in our case, with the team that we own, uh, we actually have um, 70 players that compete across five or six different publishers, and they play in teams against others, and they compete in events, uh, they go online, uh, and the magnitude of the people participating in this is quite staggering. So yeah, it's definitely proliferating across the globe now. Yeah. And interestingly, I think I wrote about this a few months ago. There are actually college scholarships for esports now. Yes. Uh, Larry Scott, who I'm sure you know is a former ATP and WTA uh, um, person and executive, is now the chairman of the Pac 12. And we have chuckled and spent much time talking about esports. You know, Pac 12 as a, as a conference now is very active in the esports category. And uh, yes, you now can actually uh, <laughs> enter college by being an active esports uh, uh, <clears throat> phenom, as they say, and get recruited and, and, and get financially supported. Crazy stuff. The world is definitely changing. That is for sure. <laughs> it sure is. So I know you're on a pretty tight schedule and I don't want to keep you too terribly long. So let's jump right into the meat of the conversation. And the first thing I want to talk about with you today, Mark, is there really seems to be a lot of misinformation among players, parents, and coaches around exactly what UTR is and how a player can improve his or her UTR and what hurts his or her UTR. 
Can you talk a little bit about the back end of universal tennis ratings and what kinds of things y'all are looking at to determine a player's rating? Yeah, of course, Lisa. So the, the simple answer to what goes into the rating are three things. Uh, first and foremost is your last 30 matches over the last 12 months, right? So if you played 30 matches, they're included. If you played more, then those are excluded. If you played less, it just takes the existing results you have. Secondly is the strength of the opponents against which you play. So if you're playing a stronger opponent versus a weaker opponent, that gets weighted into the algorithm uh, in terms of strength of schedule, so to speak. And thirdly is obviously how well you compete against those components, not by winning or losing the match, but really by the percentage of gains won and lost. So those are the three factors that get weighed in, and out of that, it obviously spits out a number. That number then is correlated relative to everybody else in the universe, right? So in other words, everybody else in the system. And so as such, it's sort of a dynamic system that's constantly evaluating you relative to everybody else. Well, that makes sense. And one thing that I think comes up a lot is this whole issue of ducking opponents and, you know, that people understand that, okay, I only have 30 matches to count. Well, I don't want, you know, a crummy match to be part of that 30. So I'm going to just avoid playing against this opponent or that opponent so it doesn't mess with my UTR too much. But that's not really how things work, right? Yeah, I mean, it's an unfortunate byproduct of what sort of has happened now is that, you know, people are trying to game the system. You know, the intent of UTR originally was not to focus in on, hey, I'm moving my UTR by a hundredth decimal place or, or, you know, percentage or not. It was really focused on, look, here's your number. Focus on how you develop. Focus on how you can continue to compete. Focus on getting great level-based competition so that you can continue to develop your game. Uh, I think the notion of saying, hey, gaming this and figuring out how to manipulate it, A, it's really hard to do because there are so many data points in the system. So the idea that by ducking a match here or there, it could have a meaningful impact one way or the other on you or, 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 or whomever the player is, I think is a fallacy. And I think secondarily, I think it sort of loses sight of the overall goal. The overall goal, which is this is really a rating system to help you focus on improving your game. And correct me if I'm wrong, but the college coaches understand that. When they're looking at a player's UTR and their progression, they understand that one match isn't going to make or break a player. And so by trying to game the system, really the only person you're hurting is yourself. Yeah, listen, I, I totally agree with that. I think, you know, any one result, you know, is not going to move it dramatically one way or the other. Uh, and, and also, at the end of the day, what coaches are looking for are players who are continually developing, right, who have the potential to develop, who are continuing to compete, who are continuing to play competitive matches and excel. And so this notion that, hey, I'm entering a tournament, I'm the highest UTR-ranked player in the tournament, gosh, I don't want to run the risk of losing to a your UTR player, I think is a mistake. It's a mistake to sort of take that mindset. And unfortunately, 
um, you know, people are concerned about that. And instead of just getting out on the court and competing, and by the way, even if you lose to a player who has a slightly lower UTR than you, it shouldn't have a material impact on your UTR. And by the way, if you beat that person, it could also have a positive impact on your UTR, even though you're ranked higher. There's only one element of the overall rating. And remember, it's a dynamic system. So it's constantly adjusting relative to everybody else. Right. So I, I, think, I think the coaches use this as a basis for an initial understanding what level you're at. But then, of course, there are many other factors that they consider when evaluating you for their particular program. Right, right. And and I also want to point out, because one of the things I hear quite often on Parenting Aces is, oh, my kid's not playing high school tennis because the competition just isn't that good and it's going to negatively impact his or her UTR. Well, I I recently learned that if you compete against an opponent that is too high above you or too much below you, that result gets thrown out of your 30 matches? Is that a correct statement? Well, it, it, it gets significantly muted, right? Okay. So, so I think this notion that somehow you really have to screen out, you know, I, I think we'll, and we're going to continue to refine this more and more over time as well. What we want to get to, is we want to encourage people to play as much as possible, right? And so any of these sort of peripheral use cases and these things that on the periphery are creating bad behavior, we want to eliminate them, mm-hmm. right? And so I, I think the whole notion of saying, look, go out there, compete, focus on your development. Now, we could obviously very simplistically say, okay, we'll stop giving away multiple decimal places on a UTR. That actually would solve a lot of this. But I think that's obviously not something we necessarily want to do. I think we want to encourage people to understand at some level of granularity where they're at. But of course, if we just went to whole numbers, then suddenly this notion, am I a eight or a nine or a 10 versus, hey, I'm moving you know, two tenths of a decimal place every month, suddenly takes away that attention. And so ironically, by creating more granularity around what your rating is, it is causing some of this negative behavior and misconceptions and concerns. What this is all about is figuring how do you go from eight to a nine to a 10, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Or six to a seven or whatever it is. Uh, That's what should be the conversation versus, hey, I'm going from a 6.82 to a 6.87 back down to a 6.84, that, that That is getting lost in the noise and losing sight of the bigger goal, which is how do I continue to move my game up in a demonstrable fashion? And that's what coaches are interested in, right? Which is they're not recruiting you because of where you are in your UTR today. They're recruiting because of the potential you have to elevate yourself significantly. That's a huge point, and And I hope parents hear that. <laughs> Um, that, you know, that, that coaches are looking for coachable players who are still on the upswing. And that's the important piece, not these hundredth of a point UTR ratings, right? Um, so I, I'm glad you said that. And, and that said, I know you guys are working closely with USTA and, and some of the USTA tournaments are starting to use UTR for seeding and selection. Can you talk a little bit about what you see UTR's role as in part of, um, excuse me, as part of the USTA um, 
competitive structure? Because I know UTR has its own events as well, separate from USTA. And in fact, I run two of them every year. So I'm very familiar with UTR's events. But the fact that UTR is starting to pop up at USTA events is pretty recent. And I still think there's a lot of misunderstanding and confusion about what that relationship really is. Yeah. Well, look, we, we view, you know, we view most organizations, whether it's the USTA or whether it's the ITF or whether there are other associations in tennis as absolutely as partners and collaborators, right? Our, our intent with UTR and Universal Tennis is to create a set of tools that allows the next generation as well as people who currently enjoy the game to play more, make it more convenient, offer them better competition, and more options, right? I mean, that's ultimately what our mission is. More tennis, more often, more friendly, um, and, and, and more engaging, and, and more fun. And so in working with the USTA, as you know, given the number of different sections that they have and how they're set up organizationally, you know, we're working with various sections within the USTA and supporting them uh, at the sectional level, whether it's juniors or into adult tennis. And we are totally open to helping them in whatever regard. In terms of tournaments out there, you know, we will do several thousand UTR tournaments this year. Uh, We don't look at it as being UTR tournaments. We look at it as being UTR-powered tournaments. So all we are is providing a tool to those tournament organizers that, okay, when you do your draw or when you want to create an event for yourself, do you want to use what UTR can bring to that tournament because you think it might be more interesting or or more uh, valuable for the participants? Um, you know, I think the, the most valuable thing we see in UTR is that you can actually now have events that are level-based, right? And so when you bridge across age and gender to create competition that's just focused on the level that you're at, then we can avoid a lot of these classical issues that emerge in more age-driven and gender-driven tournament formats where people have lousy experiences, right? They get beat really badly or they get beaten or they beat up on somebody badly, right? And so... We just think that, hey, this is a tool. We've been encouraging the USTA, and many sections have been leaning in on us at different levels of pace to incorporate it into their menu of options and choices. Um, And so we see ourselves continuing to be supportive of that with the USTA and, and with other organizations as well on an international basis. That's fantastic. And and I just want to say, you know, as a tournament director, and I'm using air quotes here because I'm not really the tournament director, but um, as someone who organizes tournaments with the UTR platform, it is so simple to use. <laughs> First of all, I love it. Um, second of all, like you said, being able to offer as opposed to you know, the 18 and under uh, draw or the 14 and under draw, we just have a draw <laughs> and, and yeah. it's divided, like you said, by UTR. And so uh, we have, you know, males and females playing against each other. We have juniors playing collegiate players. We have adults playing high school players. I mean, it's, it's pretty cool. Yeah. And I would encourage the the parenting aces listeners, if you haven't tried one of these UTR powered events, check them out. They're cropping up everywhere now. And you can go to the UTR website and get that schedule pretty simply. 
Well, well, thank you for that, Lisa. And and I think, as I mentioned, you know, we only just got started here uh, with UTR in terms of our our involvement with them about four months ago. And what we're planning to do now over the coming months here, in the next three to four months, is we're going to blow out a very comprehensive suite of incremental tools, products, and services that's going to enable much more play much more tournament, much more interactions. And so you're going to have the ability now soon to be able to see many, many, many more options for UTR-based events, whether those be actual tournaments or whether they're events, whether they're camps, whether they're leagues, whether they're hit-arounds. And your ability to access competition of whatever kind and flavor you want in your local community, we're going to make much easier. And one of the great frustrations I had with an aspiring young junior player uh, who was one of the good players here in Northern California, was that he had very few people to play with. He had very few people to compete with. He was forced into a junior age bracket. We had to travel hours upon hours to compete in those events or fly to compete in those events. I knew that within our geography of 25 miles, there was 50 or 60 or 70 players at his level. I just didn't know who they were, and I didn't know how to reach them. So imagine now that we can uncork the opportunity for everybody in their local communities to find more people to play with at their level, to compete with, to hit with, to engage with. Now suddenly we can dramatically reduce the cost for people to play the game. And at the same time, they can still improve their UTRs. Right. right? And so now you know, the local club can, can have more events because they can invite more people in. And you yourself can start creating your own clubs using a digital domain to invite people to hit arounds, events, and the like. So that's what we envision. And frankly, that's what other industries and other sports have been doing. But we haven't done any of that innovation in tennis, unfortunately. Yeah. Well, interestingly, we recently did a podcast with the guys behind Sports Made Easy, and that is a platform that people can use to do exactly what you just described. Well, like, like, I, like I've been telling Tennis Channel and Oracle and all of our various partners, look, we're not doing anything that others aren't doing in other verticals, right? Mm-hmm. At the root of all of this is that we want to foster play. We want to make it easier for you to find people to play with. We want to make it more fun and, and, and more convenient for you and ultimately enable you with greater ease to enjoy the game. And today it's too hard. You're forced into buckets. You're forced into a certain type of play. And it is still very much of a fragmented game and industry. And it's still very much a very expensive sport to play. So I think our goal and our mission is to say, look, how do we make this better? Um, and, uh, and that goes way beyond just UTR and a rating system and figuring out, hey, what else can we provide as tools um, and products uh, that can help people enjoy the game. Right. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. And I mean, kind of hand in hand with that is this whole notion of keeping the cost down. Right. And you mentioned that briefly, but what do you see UTR's role as being in terms of helping juniors develop in an affordable way to a point where they are recruitable at the collegiate level. 
the, the problem with junior tournament competition today, and you've lived at least with your kids, I've lived it with mine, is that it's very, very expensive. And you're forced into this junior-only pathway. Whether you take a pathway with the USTA or you take one with the ITF, you're very limited in the pathways available to you. And at the end of the day, you have to constantly be out there to defend your ranking and where you stand and competing. And in order to do that, well, you have to travel to regional and national tournaments. And, you know, depending on where you live and how aggressively you do that and, and, and you know, the costs are, are dramatic. So now imagine that we can create a different system that's much more local in nature that allows you to compete much more often locally versus more broadly and allows you to compete not just within your age category but across age and gender in events where you're getting great competition, you're seeing different types of balls, right? Slice, spin, hard, soft, because you're not just playing the same gender in the same age category. You will develop more as a player. You'll become a better player. And those results allows you to build up your UTR and you can do that much more affordably. And then as you climb up that scale on a UTR basis, you can make yourself eligible now to be recruited based on that UTR, that you then didn't have to spend twenty, forty, fifty, sixty thousand dollars a year to build up by having to travel. So that's our vision for how we can help juniors. And by the way, that's playing itself out. Not just here domestically, but also internationally, right? Which is people are being put on the same system so that college coaches now can compare a kid in Northern California to a kid in Croatia to a kid in India, right? And say, hey, this system is interconnected and now it's all about the level that you're at versus, hey, I'm arbitrarily raked or rated, you know, number one in the USTA, but I'm number one in Croatia or three in India. And what does all that mean? As a coach, I have no perspective. I don't really know what that means, right? Right. So that, that, that that's sort of the, the opportunity we see, which is how do we make it more affordable for you to do what you've been doing without the cost of it? Right. And, and, you know, one of the side benefits of that is kids can stay in school. They don't have to go virtual school or homeschool routes in order to compete at the highest levels, right? They can, they can stay local and not worry about having to travel hither and yon. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I had a son who was a, a top 25 kid in the nation. And, you know, in his class of boys, um, there were only two kids in his entire top 25 that actually went to regular high school. Now, he happened to be in an extraordinary vintage year with Tiafo and Fritz and others, right? But, but you know, it was really only him and Brandon Holt, who now obviously has emerged as a late bloomer and is a phenomenal player down at USC. But what was interesting was, that, you know, in order, the, the expectation there was that, boy, you got to travel and you got to do online schooling if you want to have a shot at being an elite player. Um, you know, our goal here is with UTR is not to say, look, we want to create the next superstar pro tennis player. Our goal here is to support the game with tools that allow people more options to play. And ultimately, if they can develop and get into college and then use college as then that next platform to potentially do something, then that's a great thing, right? Um, and I think in order to be eligible for college, you've got to develop a UTR because that's what the coaches focus on. Let's make it easier and more affordable for people to develop their UTR with more localized events. 
Love it. Well, last question, because I know you, you got to run, but I wanted to just kind of circle back to my original question, which was all the misinformation floating around out there about how UTR works. And to ask you, what are you guys doing as an organization to educate not only the college coaches, but the developmental coaches, the junior coaches out there, as well as the parents to make sure that everybody really has a handle on how your system works and, and how to best use it. Yeah. Well, look, it's obviously a very, very important issue for us. You know, we've created a tool here now that people have leaned in on. They've been using, you know, we, we've taken it at, at, at faith that people are going to use it the right way. And it was really a carrot that allowed players as well as coaches to use this tool in a positive way. I think we, we're having extensive conversations now, but hey, how do we create more visibility? How do we create better uh, facts and questions and, and answers? You know, what else can we do to really create much more clarity for people to eliminate these misunderstandings out there? Um, you know, I think people tend to not necessarily study things sometimes, and they don't necessarily read the data and the information that's available to them, and so they can jump to conclusions. That being said, the onus will fall on us to be better and clearer and crisper, and I think over the coming months, you're going to see us doing that as we continue to evolve and we continue to invest in what we're doing. So for now, uh, if people want more information on Universal Tennis, uh, do you suggest they go to your website or what's the best way for them to? Absolutely. Absolutely. Go, okay. go to the website. I think, uh, you know, if, if you're a current player and you're in the system, you know, we have uh, uh, questions and answers that are in there. Uh, we also have uh, feedback that you can ask questions of us if there's specific questions that you have that you can go through our website and ask about. Um, so there absolutely is a form there both for education and getting more knowledge as well as communication with us. Fantastic. Well, Mark, thank you so much for chatting with us and best of luck as you continue to grow the My UTR profile and brand and product and tournaments and all of the other partnerships and things you guys are working on. And you know, I'm a huge fan and uh, whatever we can do here at Parenting Aces to help, I hope you'll call on us. Well, thank you so much, Lisa. I mean, as I said, you know, I think UTR has been around for a while now. And, uh, you know, I think we there's a great product here. From our perspective, we feel we're only an inning one or two. So we feel that we have so much more we can do to support the game and support players and support clubs and, 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 and folks around it. Um, you know, I think there's a lot of negative things occurring in tennis. Unfortunately, it puts pressure on it. And we want to help be a little support to to help solve some of those. So we're excited to do it and look forward to staying in touch and and maybe getting back on the horn here in a couple months and talking about some recent updates. Perfect. That sounds great. Well, thanks again for being with us. And to my listeners, thanks so much for tuning in. We'll catch you next time on Parenting Aces. I'm Lisa Stone, and you've been listening to the Parenting Aces podcast. For tennis parents, by a tennis parent. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe to us and write a review on iTunes. For more information on navigating the junior and college tennis journey, please visit us online at parentingaces.com. 
Thanks for tuning in and sharing us with your tennis community. 